Shall we crack in Shall sync? We? Shall we? One, two, three. Ooh, that that was not quite in sync, not... but. <laughs> I mean, nothing to write home about. That slurping was to write home about. I oh, haven't... that was bad. Blackberry, good choice, good choice. <laughs> Ooh. That was a, what kind of pinching well, sound? I don't know. <laughs> it goes down the wrong pipe all the time. <laughs> I've never seen anyone <clears throat> I struggle my own so spit. much with their own saliva. <clears throat> my face, I choked on my own spit, and I'm almost hurled during I'm one of those struggling. little stations. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Housers. Mm-hmm. Do you create more saliva than most people? No, I think I swallowed down the wrong pipe. It was at the pickle juice station. <laughs> I uh, had a little pickle and pickle juice, and I literally coughed for, I hacked for like a quarter mile. <laughs> you might have to explain that. I was at the pickle juice station. <laughs> <laughs> I ran a half marathon for Millinocket, and every mile there's yummy snacks. Yeah. And we sampled every pickle single one. Pickle juice doesn't sound like a yummy snack. Oh, but that's is. good if you're crampy. Oh, yeah, mm-hmm. it is. The salt. Mm-hmm. 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 Good mm-hmm. Lord. I'm a like- little pickle and a little shot of juice. Delicious. Yep. Uh, that is wild. That is something went, only runners up. would understand. Well, yeah. I mean, it's just a silly. It's a fun race where there's snacks at every mile. I love that. that is and wild. I had every, well, that's not true. I didn't have the cookie snack and I didn't have the maple syrup shot because the last two miles I felt pukey, so I was sad about that. But I knew I'd reached my limit. <laughs> at least if you puked maple syrup, it wouldn't taste that bad. Yeah, yeah that might taste. But good it might up. bring up the pickle juice. Oh so, yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay, what are, are we, we doing concerned? today? Amber Darling. Amber Darling. Mm-hmm. So Amber I, darling. it's so interesting. It kind of plays out. It is out, so interesting. It like, is. What are we well, talking about? I'm interested. Like <laughs> the theme that we were talking about, it, it's weird how, what's interesting is how we come and sit down. We don't really share unless we need each other to think about things. And we kind of surprise each other. And almost always oh, we're, yeah. our stuff. Our topics overlap. Our topics kind of overlap. That's very true. It's kind of cool, actually. I like that. I, I like it a we lot, We are too. synergized. Synergized? We're symbiotic. Oh, I don't even know. Are you like, like a whale and the little things that eat on the yeah. whale? Symbiotic? Yeah. Okay. Oh, am I the whale or am I the no. barnacle? That's not even the right word. Okay. I so am I being a whale. Or no. <laughs> Probably am. Okay. So I'm going to just stop you talking. Okay. So what I want to talk about yeah. Amber's yeah. Up, Amber's up. I know. So everybody be ridiculous and make my everybody. life miserable. All right. So <clears throat> what I want to talk about is our story, okay. our internal narrative. Okay. What is that and how does it creep up into our lives? And then probably I will make this a two-parter, I'm guessing. And how do we change our story? So something that's really interesting is I keep living my life and I keep having hard conversations or disagreements or butting heads with somebody or triggered by something, it always, it feels like it's one thing. Like it feels like, oh, I'm mad about this. Mm. But as I peel it back, it always comes back to my story. And the narrative, the narrative, my narrative, Mm -hmm. story, narrative, those are kind of interchangeable. So Mm -hmm. in psychology, the theory of narrative identity Mm -hmm. suggests that as human beings, we form a life story, a narrative Mm -hmm. to make sense of what we've experienced. Your inner narrative consists of three things, your reconstructed past, your perceived present and your imagined future. Wow. So I just thought we should just... That sums up my normal day. <laughs> yeah. It's, isn't it wild? Yeah. But as you start seeing it, which I find fascinating, is that you learn 
as you start understanding and identifying your story, and it does take time, so it's not like at the end of this, but I know mine because I've been in therapy for years. So mine is I am unwanted and unloved. Mm-hmm. So if me and Peter have an argument about the dishes, mm-hmm. and so we're fighting about the dishes, and my feelings are getting hurt about the dishes, and I pause, if I have enough in me to pause. Foresight or whatever. Foresight, mm-hmm. right. And I pause, and I, I say, okay, this is stupid. We're fighting about the dishes or the dog or whatever. What is this really about? And I mm-hmm. peel back the layers. For me, it's always that I am feeling unloved and that or I'm feeling unwanted and um knowing that knowing that that's how I perceive the world Mm. it helps me make decisions and it helps Peter make decisions about how I interact and how he needs to help me push through hard things so which you really only do if you love somebody because if you don't or if you don't really care about that other person you're not going to take those things into consideration Mm -hmm. at all you're just going to you know i mean i can put myself in a situation where even in my own marriage sometimes i know what i should say in context but a lot of times i just run Mm -hmm. roughshod over that but then it's afterwards where i'm like i should have been a b or c been more kind been more loving been more patient been more not said that because that's really not who that person mm. is. Or, right. You know? Right. So when so I'm going to say those three again, and then I'm going to read something else. So your reconstructed past, that's part of your narrative, your mm-hmm. inner narrative, your perceived present, and your imagined future. So reconstructed, perceived, and imagined are the three adjectives. And they suggest an adaptability. Right? So... When you look at those, those are subjective mm-hmm. things. So, well, hold on. Re- reconstructed past, perceived present, and imagined future. Imagined future. So, f- I'm going to use an example of something that happened recently over the Thanksgiving season. So, um, so, but what's great about that is that it it is changeable. So we are we have the power, mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. this is from to guess, rewrite our story. To rewrite our story, and we also are really blessed that we have the power of the gospel to mm-hmm. also rewrite our story. Mm-hmm. And you can see that all all through Scripture right. of how you know the woman at the well, you know all uh, you know all the di- David, all the great patriarchs of the past, how they had these really rough narratives mm-hmm. and how God is able to rechange them. You know, Paul, mm-hmm. the apostle. Like, so we have that too. We also have the gospel. So I don't want to not negate that. But so for me, me and my husband have been having a disagreement about a family member. I gave you guys the unfiltered version. You're going to get the filtered version here. Okay. okay. So the godly version. The godly version. <laughs> I, I went crazy before because I just needed to vent it out. It wasn't ungodly. Um, so... As mo- you guys know, and all of our listeners know, I have a lot of no con- I have no contact with my biological mother, and I d- don't have a lot of contact with my biological mother's family. I do have this one uncle. I'm not going to say his name, and um, he struggles with a lot of trauma, like everybody in my family does. We all struggle with trauma, and his way of dealing with trauma is alcoholism, and so he drinks a lot and too much. And so in our family, he is 
an uncle, but he's also kind of like a big brother. So he is only nine years older than me. So my entire childhood, I oh grew up with him. That's like me and Hannah. Yeah. Mm. It, he it, And so, and I want to preface that in my childhood, he did some crazy weird stuff to me, like hang me out a window, put mice in my bed to wake me up, oh my um, his pet mice. Um, yeah, it, not right. That explains when you see a mouse yes. in my knees and you're just like, there's a mouse. Yes, it does. I have a serious phobia of mice because yeah. they used to crawl up my body when I was a little girl. Jeepers. But, but again, he was a, a little boy. With not a lot of structure and had a, and he, he was thought feral. he was feral and he thought <laughs> that was funny, but he was also the and I might get a little bit emotional because I he did beautiful things for me. So when there was a snowstorm, he would build these huge forts that you could climb into and he'd have candles. It was so big that he could have candles burning inside them. He'd like make these igloos mm. and he'd set up snacks for me and take me in and oh. like spend the whole day. We would spend all day. How was this in, happening? Did you live near each other? I spent a lot of time at my grandmother's house. So he's my oh, grandmother's okay. son. And because I was so little, he was just... He was just a Wait little a bit older. So You're like, nine years younger than your grandmother's son? Yeah. I mean, my brain can't wrap around. Okay, around it's just that, a lot just... of teenage pregnancies. Just keep coming back to that. <laughs> oh, my gosh. So when I was a little girl in kindergarten, he was Henry's age. Nah. So he was like in okay, middle yeah. school. Yeah. And then when I was else. in middle school, he yeah. was in high school. Mm. And so... Um, so he would make me, the, he would take me and help me build these crazy forts and we'd spend all day playing outside and he would make the, he was, he's brilliant in a lot of ways. He's brilliant. Mm. Or one time where my grandmother lived on the farm, there was a field and there was a, the field was full of baby deer. And so he like came and found me mm. and like got me all bundled up cause it was cold in November and he took me and we quietly on the three wheeler went out so I could see a field of baby deer. Some of the most beautiful memories are because of him. Mm-hmm. So I have this deep love for this man. Mm-hmm. However, he is very, very broken. And so what happens is he's kind of a recluse. He doesn't like to leave his home. And around the holidays, he will reach out to my sister and I and want us to connect with him. But his idea of connection is normally he is intoxicated. He starts talking at us it's not a conversation Mm -hmm. it's usually a lecture Mm -hmm. and then if he asks us a question or if I push back and say I don't want to talk about that or you sound inebriated I don't want to talk to you then it becomes ranting Mm -hmm. and then like Mm -hmm. aggressive and then usually I cut the conversation off and that's when the text messages and the Instagram Facebook messages come where he calls me horrible names it's incredibly abusive and this is on repeat? Uh, it's a definite wash, rinse, repeat. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Wow. Yeah. And so, mm-hmm. and then I don't hear from, I, I go silent. I don't hear from him. He never apologizes. And then he starts up the process again. Like the next holiday season the when he wants to. The next thing. Mm-hmm. And then he's like, you mm-hmm. girls are my only thing I have left. I love you girls so much, meaning me and my sister. And um, why don't you girls call your uncle and you know and then (laughs) have you seen the text thread yeah right and then yeah and then he's like you guys know I don't mean that you know he'll justify but he never says I am sorry Mm -hmm. he was so I was he doesn't remember a lot of it I don't think he remembers any of it right but Mm -hmm. still no excuse it doesn't excuse because he can read and it's right there yeah so um when my grandmother was dying um 
he obviously was much more in our life because she was living at our home. She lived at his home while we were getting our home ready and I was becoming power of attorney. And so that time was traumatic with him because he would show up, especially mm-hmm. when she was near death and he would scream at us. He would scream at me and my sister. He called me a murderer. I was being selfish. I was letting her die. It was really ugly. I found out later my kids all heard it upstairs mm-hmm. and it was very traumatic for them, even though they're all teenagers. It's not like they were littles, but it still was really wild for them. He's never... He wouldn't, and then he got so mad at us, he wouldn't speak to us at the funeral. Mm. He, you know, he came blazing in, he blazed out. We actually, people, like you guys wanted to come to my grandmother's funeral. Other people wanted, my pastor wanted to come and I was like, no one's allowed because mm-hmm. I don't know what he's going to do. I didn't know if he was going to show up guns a blazing, literally. I didn't know if he was going to come and start screaming. Like I just, mm. I didn't know. And so anyway, this has been the cycle. So I have decided in my own heart that I just have to go no contact. And Peter doesn't agree. And and we have had a lot of um, vigorous fellowship over yes. this. <laughs> vigorous fellowship. Love it. Mm-hmm. And yeah. because and I and the other night and early this morning, we decided I've kind of figured it out and it has to do with story. So when Peter sees and hears when he hears my uncle's rants, his mind, and, his, and because of his story, he sees this incredibly broken man. And he says to me all the time, you know that's not true. And Peter says, and I do believe him, I do believe Peter, that of all of my family, the fam- besides my grandmother who's passed, but my uncle loves me the deepest. Like, my uncle would literally do anything for me. Anything. Like, he would be the person I would have to go off someone and he would bury the body. Like, mm-hmm. he's the guy. He's the guy. Oh. <laughs> but, like, he'd do anything for me. And so, for Still, Pete, you think? Absol- absolutely. Okay. Absolutely. And that's what Peter thinks, too. Mm-hmm. And so, because, and he's speaking out of deep pain and shame. These, mm-hmm. these, these, Sure. Verbal assaults. And so Peter's like, he's like, he's like, Amber, it's not me calling you these words. It's, it's it's him. It's your uncle. And he doesn't have a filter and he's. Kind of like consider the source. Right. Consider. And he even says, like, he's got the emotional IQ of like a six year old. Mm -hmm. It's like a six year old throwing a tantrum, just using big, big boy words instead of little kid words. (laughs) And I, and I can hear that and receive what he's saying. And I don't think he's wrong. However, because of my story of being unwanted and unloved, I cannot differentiate those words. Like, I can't. And I keep trying, like, to try to take it in. And my sister can do it a little bit better than me, but her story is a little bit different than mine with this side of the family. I can't. I can't. I can't. The, mm-hmm. the weight of mm-hmm. how much he loves me and how much he hurts me is so imbalanced mm-hmm. that I can't do it. And it's different if it was like when he was sober or when he was lucid or whatever we want to call it. 
if he spent beautiful time with me. Or if he, he apologized. Apologized. For- or if he was like, this is really bad. I'm going to go put myself in AA or I'm going to try to find treatment. Or, or even was just nice and stopped by when he was not intoxicated and like hung out with me and we played cards and played some cribbage and talk shop or you know mm-hmm. like there's like his side of responsibility that, that that's not happening and right. then there's also your tr- trauma-filled life that's right. your reality right. that you have to consider right so like, how i've kind of decided to finish this but all because of the story so i just wanted to take that so what why am i re- so it's crazy right like my husband who's very sane healthy human and me very sane, healthy human, are looking at the same situation totally different. And the biggest reason is story. Mm -hmm. So my uncle, my reconstructed past. So my uncle, yes, there were some beautiful things, but he also was my first bully, right? Mm -hmm. So there's conflicted, so that's, Mm -hmm. so when he speaks to me as an adult, and I'm an adult, I am receiving some of that feedback as that little girl he would hang out the window or put mice in their bed, right? Mm -hmm. So I'm reconstructing my past. That's the narrative in my head when he says those words. Mm -hmm. Peter doesn't have that. Right. So he hears his words and goes... And it's not his uncle. Right. And it, mm-hmm. he's he's drunk, honey. He's drunk. Just let it go. Yeah. I right. can't because I'm here seeing it through my reconstructed past. My perceived present. My perceived present is that he doesn't come when he's sober. He doesn't show me any affection except for on his terms, his way, mm-hmm. at his time. That's not Peter's right. res- in- interaction with him because mm-hmm. he doesn't have his, any skin in the game. It's it's my uncle, not his uncle, mm-hmm. right? And my imagined future. When when I think about having a future re- interaction with with my uncle – Part of the hard part is, is that I just see this wash, rinse, repeat happening over and over cycle. and over again. Mm-hmm. And, it, and, and, the, and the words and the way he talks to me and the cussing. And, and you guys know I am a girl that cusses once in a while, but this is vicious, vitriol words and language. And sadly, typically... When people don't get help, things like that just escalate. And that's what I feel like it's doing. It's starting to get yeah. worse and worse. And now with the death of my grandmother, mm. having to relive her death every time by him saying I'm a selfish mm-hmm. bada bada boo who murdered his mother mm-hmm. is his new favorite That's thing why to literally only the gospel and only grace and things like really yeah. come in and stop people from a declining, mm. escalating sad future because mm-hmm. unless you really want to turn your life around I mean some people are able to do it through AA and but still they defer to a higher power they do mm-hmm. defer to it a higher power it can't just really come from just you like right. you're There's going no to continue to wallow right. you're going right. to continue to all the things the cycle well that's cycle. His, and that's his narrative right so yeah. his narrative and my narrative he's getting are bumping. old he's getting <laughs> they're a bumping they're yeah. a bumping we're yeah. bumper cars right now his yeah. narrative and my I thought narrative. he was much older though so he's no he's only in his early 50s. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. And he's I had just a feel lot like this is the behavior of someone who's like maybe in their like 80s. Is hey. he is he completely together mentally? Is he complete? Does he have all of his faculties when he's not? Or is he like a. Do you know what I mean? Like. Yeah. He's an odd duck. He's always been an odd duck. But no, he's actually probably. 
I don't want to make the comparison because they're not, but like, you know how my Thomas is brilliant Mm -hmm. and like, he's like, don't, Thomas, don't listen to this. And if you know (laughs) Thomas, don't tell him this. Like he's off the charts brilliant in some ways, but it makes him kind of quirky in other social settings Mm -hmm. because he like, he doesn't think like other, like Mm -hmm. he's literally thinking about when he's in this space, how many knots are in the wood and what would that be? And he's like a beautiful mind. Have you ever seen that? Except Mm -hmm. Lord willing, he doesn't go crazy. Well, right. But it's like (laughs) they see the world in terms of numbers. Yeah. And and so he, but he's fascinating and he's kind and he's loving and he's wonderful. Thomas. Um, and he, but, but he is, you know, in some social setting and if you embrace him as who he is, which Mm -hmm. his friends do, they love it about him. Like you never know what Thomas is going to say because you (laughs) never know what he's saying because he's got entire, yeah, he, he's not one where there's crickets ever in his brain. Yeah. yeah. Mm -hmm. And so, and so my uncle is a lot like that. I think Mm -hmm. when he was a little boy, he is brilliant. He is brilliant in some ways, but he was raised in an incredibly traumatic situation bad just Mm -hmm. like my just like my mother had been Mm -hmm. and so that trauma has skewed his emotional yeah sure capabilities yeah and his his ability but out of all of my family he's the only one who's honest about it who Mm -hmm. says i know i'm messed up Mm -hmm. Hmm. um none of my other family everybody it's everybody else's fault he will take coke culpability but when so if all this is happening to you when when have you ever known him to do that when he when he is of sound mind and in my presence he's amazing he's funny except for all the times you just described yeah so like what so like when when my grand when my grandmother was ill he would drink less because he was responsible taking care of her Mm-hmm. And so, and he loved, he loved, he loves my grandmother. She, you know, like he was a, mm-hmm. a mama's boy for for reals. And so, he did the best that he could. He did an incredible job taking care of her. But in so in those little pockets mm-hmm. of time, he would be able to show vulnerability. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? Like he mm-hmm. he could. And and I, and so I do think he has all. He has all. I'm air quoting. He has all his faculties. Ow, However, sorry, <laughs> he is oh, he is self-medicating mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and he is wrestling with a ver- a lot of trauma that mm-hmm. he's unwilling to. And so that's so that's so that's what Peter sees. Yeah. Yeah. And I feel the repercussion. Mm-hmm. And that's but what was so fascinating was when I stopped and peeled the layer because I was so angry at Peter I was like you're picking him over me and Peter's like I don't think I'm doing that but then when I got to I was like my uncle makes me feel so unwanted and unloved by his words it triggers me so deeply that when he speaks to me I go back to every traumatic situation of my childhood the feelings the feelings and even in my brain yeah like every single time I'm trying not to get emotional that he calls me a murderer I witness my in my body and in my mind my grandmother's last breaths Mm -hmm. and watching that happen and feeling guilty Mm -hmm. that I can't save her and it over and over and over again. No, it's such an unkind. I mean, can you, I can't imagine somebody. So I'm taking care of my grandmother in my own home, and then another relative comes in. The, instead of thanking me for yeah. 
putting my grandmother in my living space and uh, taking care of her and going through sleepless nights and all the things and loving her in this way. Instead, that person calls me a murderer in my own house. Yeah. That person wouldn't leave the house. Uh, and in a whole piece. Well, and that's that you, that somehow was you, rough. I'm just saying, like, yeah. that is that is beyond unkind. Yeah. And that, well, is, and that is, that is, there's no well, words for up. that. It is really mm-hmm. messed up. And so I see the messed up part and, and Peter's able to see through the mess. And, it, and I, for a while, as we, this has been going on since Thanksgiving, this kind of vigorous fellowship mm-hmm. and debate about this situation. Mm-hmm. Is it because there's still text being sent? Oh, and, yeah. Yeah, no. Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. Every single time, yeah, and then all sorts of things mm-hmm. that we don't need to go into. But what is so interesting is that what I, and I was starting to now feel guilt, guilt and shame that I didn't see it Peter's way. And I started feeling judged by Peter's perspective on me. Mm-hmm. And so that was starting to affect our, our our marriage like in air quotes like we yeah, were yeah. still able to do life together but I was like I could feel bitterness mm-hmm. and sadness in my own soul of like I'm you know he's a godly man he loves the Lord he's in the word every day and he is saying these things and I can't even get there I have got to be sinning somewhere mm-hmm. where am I sinning in this that I can't see it his way mm-hmm. and Basically, it comes down to story, the narrative in my head, my internal narrative of being unwanted and unloved. But then what? So, yeah. Right. So, um, for me, I have to change, right? I have, so for me, I can't change that narrative, which has been my goal, as you guys know, for over a year and a half in trauma therapy, is to change this narrative. I can't change that narrative if the human being continues to say the things that my internal narrative says to me, right? Like I agree. You I have a situation like that in my own life. Yeah, you yeah. can't. Like, how do you? I you. It's how do you like, move forward? Because yeah, it's like, not a narrative. You, it's actually happening to you in right, real time. Exactly. You are exactly. being abused in real time. You are <laughs> right. And so it's like being an alcoholic and working at a bar. Like, yeah, you, that's right, not right, a kind. Right. That's not a kind place for you to keep your sobriety. Work yeah. slinging drinks for a living. Like right. that's right. that doesn't make sense. And so Peter and I were able finally to talk through it and. um we have a meeting tonight to continue to talk through it. So this has been really helpful, this external processing for me, for my... Yeah, I've got a few things to say about it. <laughs> no, but it's okay. But, but what, so what I've decided... So what I've decided Helpful to tidbits do... of wisdom. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know if I want them. I want to stay married. But I've no. been in a similar situation. Oh, oh, okay. Well, so what I'm doing and I, is I've decided I'm writing him a note Mm -hmm. that I'll send a messenger Mm -hmm. acknowledging the beauty of who he is and how pivotal he was of showing me beauty in my life. It is very Mm -hmm. gracious of you. Because, because, because yet by the grace of God go I. Mm -hmm. No, totally. So I, and and you're offering maybe one last flickering candle. I want when he gets angry at me Mm -hmm. and goes back and looks, he gets to read that over and over again. I Mm want to tell him about Mm -hmm. the deer in the woods. I want to tell him about, you know, yeah. when he used to make me fun snacks. I want to tell him about all the, the ways where, like, y- you, you'd love this. Like, he's super mechanically inclined. And 
back in the day, there was no such thing as four wheelers. There were three wheelers. And I always wanted to drive one, but they were so tippy. So he fixed the gears so that it could only make a right turn. (laughs) So, and he took me in a field so that I could learn how to do it. Like he just did that for me Mm -hmm. as like a 16 year old boy. You know what I mean? For like Mm -hmm. for an 11 year old or however old. I don't do maths. And so, (laughs) and so, I don't do maths. Yeah, yeah, me neither. Um, So, anyway, he. I want to tell him that. Are yeah. you going to tell him the other part and of it? So though, then, or? what I'm going to say is that is who I. <laughs> that is the man and the person I want to remember. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And your anger and pain that you are feeling because of your life choices, things that have happened that are not your life choices, your sadness, your loneliness, and your grief. The way in which you show me that is abusive, mm-hmm. and. I can't keep doing it. I can't keep every three months mm-hmm. having you call me and I'm going to write out all the yep. things. I'm going to mm-hmm. take this shot, like take the screenshots and do it verbatim. I mm-hmm. can't keep doing this because you're making me, you're, 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 that's not who I want to love. I want to love my uncle up here mm-hmm. and not this man. And so it's so, also abusive and I'm not going right. to allow myself to be staying in this situation. Right. So I'm going to block those things, you. So I, but I want you to know the reason I'm blocking you. Right. Is because I don't, I'm starting to forget like that, that man. Just I'm forgetting surprised. that man. Right. I, right. I don't care. I'm doing this for my own soul. Mm-hmm. I want to remember when I close my eyes and think about this man. I want to remember the man from my childhood when I was a little girl or the man who bought a three-piece suit to my wedding so he wouldn't be, he didn't want to embarrass me. Mm-hmm. Like he was so nervous because he's, you know, a hick from, you know, mm-hmm. the count, not from the county, but from like, he's from the backwoods. Mm-hmm. And he was so <laughs> nervous to come to my wedding and he was so Aww. honored that he went and bought a suit. Aww. And the only, yeah. And, and so I want to remember that person sure. and I can't do that with this with all this vitriol. It's so, so hard I'm when it's blocking so tangled. This. It's so, so tangled I'm blocking up. you yeah. because I love you. So yeah, you're telling him what you're going to do. Yeah, I'm going gonna to block you. Aww. And then Pete, Peter is going to take up the cross because he actually has a real heart for him. Yeah. Because he, and I said, awesome, tag your it. Yeah. yeah. So that's he's going to. Really so you're not completely writing him off as no, a family. No. Peter's going to still be. He's yeah. going to be a sounding Good. board. And, that's wise. And because of the way mm-hmm. Peter, his presence in the world being the Clydesdale that he is, mm-hmm. my, <laughs> my uncle is not at all. Abusive to I was going to say, is he going to say the things that he says to you, to him no, about you? Absolutely, no, absolutely not. Of course not. he's not absolutely going not. to. So anyway, that I just thought it was interesting and I thought I'd love to challenge our listeners and you guys to like, what do you think your story is that always comes creeping back up? Like you were talking a little bit about it with like Christmas and yeah. And like where and like how do we... Well, and, the word that just came into my mind when I thought of you with this was that especially as if you're handing off the communication to Peter, which I think is beautiful mm-hmm. and a wonderful so thing. Wise. And I did that a lot in the situation that I had to make a really hard boundary yep. with somebody in my life. And you have a ladybug crawling up your shoulder. Oh. Um, Fine. I wonder. See how far she gets. Okay. It's okay. Keep going. Sorry. She's, yeah. <laughs> um. Lost my train of thought. I'm sorry. That's my bad. No. Um, oh, oh, oh. What came into my mind, oh, there she goes, was that you were an easy target. Oh, for sure. And 
do you know how when we were talking about narcissism way, way back since some of our episodes about narcissism and all this really hard, really sinister stuff, mm-hmm. they know oh, yeah. when people are easy targets and that they can uh, seduce, if you will, groom. or groom or and like literally change them. They know. They can tell. And so, and you're, for whatever reason, this person in your life sees you as an easy target. You would never dare send those things to most people. They would be like, excuse me? Mm -hmm. Who the bleepity bleep 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 do you think you are? And that's like, that's my reaction to this person when he's doing this to you Mm -hmm. is to be like, how dare you? Like, first of all, you're not a little girl anymore. You're a grown woman. And but did he ever talk to you like that when you were a little girl? No, but not he, he that was I your re- first he, bully. He yeah. was my first mm-hmm. bully. Like, but more like that kind of stuff. Like, mm-hmm. not verbal, but like sibling stuff. His sibling <laughs> stuff. Although like, my sibling never dangled me out of a window and put mice in my bed. I mean, that that's I, like again, Charles Dickens. Dickens. My siblings put poop in my bed. Moose poop, Gross. deer poop on t- oh. camping trips. You know, so but I knew they loved me. <laughs> <laughs> right, it was, it, but it, and and I think. And again, there was so much angst in the home mm-hmm, and, and mm-hmm. the and so I, yeah. And I, I mean, you came from such a dredgy, most miserable, uh, abuse-filled life that that was all very normal, and that was you know things that did things and in that fact, were major. It feels normal that I, when you're like when I started sharing it with Peter, and he was like, "What?" And because I, it's not I didn't even think normal. to share it because I'm like. Right. Doesn't everybody's uncle hang them out the window and put mice in their bed? <laughs> oh, no? Okay. <laughs> but I mean, <laughs> oops. <laughs> yeah. I guess that is a little weird. But And he sustained tra- all the things. All the things. Yeah. But even the fact that he did as well. Doesn't excuse. Doesn't excuse, especially as we, we grow up and we we hopefully mature. Some of the things we always will struggle with, I mean, and we're pretty vulnerable about that on here. Everybody mm-hmm. knows I'm a hot mess. So it's like, we, you're always going to struggle with a lot of the similar things. I think we all have, tenden- we'll all have tendencies or mm-hmm. like when we're pushed mm-hmm. and when we're under pressure, mm-hmm. our reactions will probably always be similar. Mm-hmm. Right. You know? And that's the story. That's what I'm trying to get at. Like how we respond when we're under pressure, when, we, when we're when at our being, weakest. When you're being hurt. Right. At all, or or even sometimes yeah. when you feel joy, like when we were talking, you were sharing about your friend, you know, like like how like how children sometimes respond if they've had trauma in happy times too. Like mm-hmm. it's it doesn't have to always be under, but when they're under some sort of dissonance in their normal routine, that story is what you need to start identifying in yourself. Like, mm-hmm. who are you when you're your worst self, mm-hmm. and and. W- and take away everybody else's blame because everybody has blame in it. Like it's not, you know, like, you know, like your dad or my mom or Mm -hmm. somebody's brother or uncle or whatever it is. It doesn't matter how we respond. That, that story, that response is what I want that I, I'm learning about myself. For Mm -hmm. me, Mm -hmm. what it always comes down to in that moment, I am feeling unwanted and unloved. Mm-hmm. In that moment, and I either respond this way because of this trigger or that way because of that trigger, but I cannot rewrite my story. I cannot change that narrative if I don't identify what that is. Mm-hmm. What is the thing that you're describing? What is it? 
And I'm lucky enough that actually you guys helped me with the words of unwanted and loved, unloved. Mm-hmm. But learning to identify it and understanding where it's coming from and, and being able to flesh that out. Because once you flesh it out, then you can change it. Mm-hmm. What's My, yours? Do you, uh, I was trying to think about it right now. And the thing that comes to my mind is I am not enough. Yes. Ooh, okay. that's so good. Have you said that before? I don't feel like you have. I don't think I've ever heard her say that either. I, it's just what came into mind just now. I yeah. was like, I, I, unwanted and unloved is close. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It's close, but I was loved very well by some people and definitely wanted, but not necessarily just for me. I think a lot of times That's I was wanted because part. I was needed, okay. but not in a great way. Not as you should be needed as a right. child. Mm-hmm. Right. And... Uh, I was a second mother, mm-hmm. but my feeling always, always mm. is I am not enough. Hmm. That is so good. Yeah. If I, if and I, can you see how that reflects on how you? It affects you, everything I do. Everything and the you reason do. why I do it. Yes. Mm. Yeah. Isn't that insane? Like when you really yeah. start honing it in. And my most favorite, my most favorite inner self is that I am enough. Yes. And that I am literally, my, my vision of heaven starts with like the first hundred years of me literally naked. And I don't know why. But <laughs> I know why. Keep naked, <laughs> curled up in the fetal position around Jesus's feet. Hmm. And we're alone. Like I'm just clinging to his feet. I'm completely mm. stripped because I think a lot of my life is judging and covering mm-hmm. and trying to give the perception that I'm chill but also got everything together at the same time mm-hmm. which don't really go together mm-hmm. well you can't, your you fear can't be of chill you can't yeah. be super chill right. <laughs> yeah. well, and I also be you're... super put together <laughs> but I really try mm-hmm. to be those things together right. and if I'm not pulling it off I'm I'm not enough right mm. and I think enough. the so nakedness that, is also your aesthetic of being afraid to be old, being afraid to have... Well, I've grown up. I mean, you said my first bully, and I was like, who was my first bully? I know. I can't say who I it know, is. I know who it is. I the know person who, who sat next to me in fifth grade and asked the teacher if he could be moved because of my elbows, which were covered in psoriasis. Aww. My whole body, when I was a child, I had just covered. Mm-hmm. I mean, literally, until eight years ago when mm-hmm. I... Thank you, Plexus which is the missing link, but a lot of my body was covered in these hideous, scaly, bleeding red sores. Mm. And my elbows are the one thing that's the hardest because we think about the, oh, the, yeah. the abuse your elbows sustain. They, they in the bump type of skin. Yeah. And t- then touch yes. clothing all day long. They're always leaning on stuff, bumping stuff. So anyway, those are the places where psoriasis always loves to be. All the places that are have abrasion. Mm. And... Uh, I never knew that I was so ugly and repulsive until that moment. Because my, mm. I had only ever, I never had any friends mm-hmm. growing up. We moved. We were nomadic. I moved thirteen times before I was eight, and living in all sorts. Mm-hmm. And I, my family loved me without. Like, I knew I had something wrong with my skin because my mom and dad, even as a toddler, I remember doing treatments under ultraviolet light and tar baths and all these things because they were like, what's wrong with her? And I had it on my face and Mm. all the things. But um, it wasn't until a stranger Mm -hmm. 
said, ew, gross. Teacher, can I be moved? Her elbows are gross. Mm. And she moved him. That I felt so hideous. Yeah. And so less than and so not enough. And so, and that marked... That marked the you. feeling mm-hmm. that I felt about myself mm-hmm. forever. Mm-hmm. Yep. Forever. Just that one child, mm-hmm. that one mean boy. Mm-hmm. And it made you ultra Who sensitive. never talked to me again, by the way. Never. Never once in his whole life. We were in the same class for years. We graduated together from high school. Never spoke to me. <laughs> I was too gross. I was too covered in That's sores. Crazy. And it... I have so many words. See, I'm getting all aggressive for this because I right. It's, I do you know. get aggressive when it's not you. Mm-hmm. I, I get aggressive when it's you. I know. It's it's the same kind of feelings, mm-hmm. you know. But like yes! the, the formative years too. There's such yeah. formative years. Well, and I, yeah, oh but gosh. I think that's why you're yeah. naked, and mm-hmm. I think it's also like you put so much pressure on yourself now that I mean I think that fits you perfect. That is a perfect narrative that you're. I mean, it doesn't fit you perfect. We'll work through it, but you know what I mean, like. But that's such a great sum of like. Yes, wear that. Oh, we've got another ten years of podcast coming up, guys. Uh, well, just meaning like therapy. why you're anxious yeah. about your weight all the time, why you're always giving yourself such a hard time about your hair or your body or the way you dress or the way your house is or like it does. It like your narrative starts to infiltrate to a cellular level mm-hmm. how you respond and move through the world and i'm judging myself i don't even need other people to judge me oh, yeah. i judge myself enough well because I, it's you're, in you're there harshest critic <laughs> yeah it's in there most people are right about and, something mm-hmm. I, it might not be this like this is For my sure. particular struggle because sure. i'm oh, visual I, and all yeah. the things but i literally believe yeah even my two per- like i have to verbally say to myself remember Rachel loves you. Mm-hmm. Remember, Amy loves you. Remember, Peter loves you. Remember, before I say things to people that might not be, might be a little bit harder or it won't be just glazy compliments. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like if, I, if I'm actually giving my feelings about something, even if it's positive, mm-hmm. I have to, ch- it's getting less, but I have to chant to myself, remember, this person loves you. This person yeah, loves you. yeah, yeah. <laughs> because yeah. I'm remember literally. They're safe, remember they're okay. I'm literally just waiting for the shoe to drop for you mm-hmm. or you or Peter to be like, all right, I'm done. It was, a, this was a good run. We had a good run. <laughs> but I'm out. A good run. We had a good run, but I'm out. And so, yes. 35 years down the tubes. Down the tubes. But you know, like uh, that is, that's why in the former podcast, I said, I'm a horrible at small talk. Mm-hmm. Like, I don't know how to talk to people because I just know they hate my gut. So why am I going to start talking to people? And so. And if I'm around a beautiful woman who's successful and has a beautiful home, I feel literally like nothing and nobody. Yeah. Hmm. Yeah. Invisible. Not, no, worse than invisible. <laughs> like seen in all the awfulness. Yeah. Like I'm failing and here's all the ways why. And mm-hmm. I'm not worthy to be in the same room with you. And uh, just less than, less mm. than, not enough. Mm-hmm. All the things where it's just like you're not enough just though, just as you are, you know. And that is why I I have always loved the gospel. Like I love the Lord because I feel like I've never felt judged by Jesus. So good. I only feel judged by myself and humans mm-hmm. or my perceived judging by mm-hmm. humans now i used to be more of a person that could be groomed by a very bad person 
Uh, and I am no longer that. Mm-hmm. <laughs> now I can sense that coming from a mile away and I will turn and face it and I will tell you what it's like. So, mm-hmm. and men, you know, I don't, my, a lot of my traumas that I've sustained over the years has involved very bad men. And so I can smell those men from a mile away and I, I literally have zero tolerance. Yep, same. For... Except minor women. Right. Mm. I do not enjoy... I mean, if you're an older woman, don't take it personally, but I don't feel comfortable in a space of... Like, women Bible studies are the hardest for me. Well, when your abuser is your mom, like... Yeah, so it's like it all... But again, right? It all goes back to my story. Well, I don't enjoy being in big groups of women, and I don't have any childhood trauma in that sense, but I think a reason for me is... I was raised with all boys and they kind of like say it like it is. Or they think women, our struggle as a whole, I think where Satan gets us as a whole is insecurity mm-hmm. and comparison. Yeah. And what we do, like you said, how you hone in. If I see something about you that I that I think's better than me or more beautiful than me, what's our first reaction typically is to be snarky or to say something or do something that will just put you down just a little bit. Mm-hmm. That will take you down just a take little bit of a peg. down a peg. A peg. Yes. Yeah, to, to, to lift myself up a little yeah. bit. I think that's what we as women do. And I think, I think it's where Satan gets us because I also think that there is like our, we had a team call last night with our Plexus team and like what we do in this podcast, like when one person lets down their walls, we are a force to be reckoned with when mm-hmm. we come together and right. when we share our vulnerabilities together. Right. But we have to get past the petty insecurities mm-hmm. first. And sometimes it doesn't happen. But when it happens, it's beautiful. It's amazing. Mm-hmm. Do you know what I mean? And so and that's what happened last night with one of our team calls. Our team, our leaders, there just is a lot of pain happening. And so we called. It was like a business meeting, but it was really like a pulse check on our hearts. Like, mm-hmm. how is everybody doing? And everybody shared how they were doing and everybody's struggling. <laughs> mm-hmm. But it all made us like fall in love with each other. Mm-hmm. You know, like, okay, you know, this is, it's just so much bigger than making money. Right. You that's know, the, that's the difference though. And that's why we keep, I think this is one of the reasons why I still want to keep doing this. And because I actually, I was like, I could do this more even because I, I think there's, there are so many people, I think everyone, I mean, we're, we get enough feedback to know that everyone struggles. Yeah. With oh my some, word. That yeah. If you really sat down and looked mm-hmm. in someone's eye and said, I'm not leaving this cup of coffee. We're going to keep pouring the coffee until you say one way in which you're really struggling, how can mm. I pray for you? Or like, and or just be willing to be the one that's saying, these are all the ways that I'm really struggling. Typically, people will be like, I know, me too. Mm-hmm. I, A, B, or C, or this with my family, or this with my job, mm-hmm. or this with my health, mm-hmm. or this with my fear of death, or this with my mm-hmm. faith. And there's something, there's something that's shaky, that feels... And if there's not in that moment, there will be. You'll have your turn. Right. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. right? And I do think when yeah. you see those things, and when you walk in into those hard things, being aware of your narrative mm-hmm. and how that's going to shape your walking through the hard mm-hmm. thing. Like That's tough because like I tend to not be aware of a whole lot of things. And I'm so reactionary. Mm-hmm. Uh, right. I don't love that in other people. Um, but I, I like, re- you know, I'll, I'll even say like that was reactionary leadership or that was reactionary <laughs> Whatever. That is that is one of my biggest pet peeves. Yeah. It's one thing if you're not a leader, you can be reactionary. Just, if you're I a leader you. and you're reactionary, right. oh gosh, I, I just I, love you. That mm-hmm. is not okay. Well, and that but that's that's what why are you two laughing like that? Because <laughs> you're one of the most reactionary human beings. But not ever. when it comes to leadership. 
Really? I I don't know. I I don't. I'm not under your leadership. That's true. Under your leadership, either. Yeah, that's a whole other podcast, right? I'm not. So I'm not. (laughs) Maybe it's a lot more podcasts, but I'm not speaking into that because that's. (laughs) I'm just saying, like, I just think it's hysterical. I just think it's because you are reactionary. I am so reactionary, and so it's cute. It's cute. It's cute and adorable. Not cute. When you did this, you know that expression. I'm like, oh, it's me all day and night. When one finger's pointing at somebody out there's three pointing back at you. I'm like, how often do I do that? I can't believe you. Oh, wait. Okay. <laughs> yeah. Yes. The ye yeah. old wooden ship. <laughs> uh, ye old. my eye. Ye uh, old. You need to go back to an episode. That's the oh, one to do. Gosh. <laughs> that one made me. <gasps> ship? Well, ship? I think she means plank. <laughs> I mean, it's it kind of like that Jewel song. Can we have a moment where she's just like. Do you hate it because it's pieces of you? Yes. Oh, that's good. Have you ever heard that song? No, Say I like that. the one. It's me. Hi, I'm the problem. It's me. Yeah. Oh. <laughs> Tay Tay. Yeah. Um, no, it's a very old song by Jewel when she was really, really big. And it's yes. all these pieces things about you. do you hate? And one of them, it's like, you're an ugly girl, blah, blah, blah. Uh, blah, blah. Do you hate her because she's pieces of you and all this oh, thing? It's, it's so very good. It gets into the crust of it all. Yes. Uh, and <laughs> I always felt that song deeply. And I. That's so I feel like it's it's the rawest, mm-hmm. realist, especially for women. For women. Where we're like, mm-hmm. I hate that girl because she's prettier than me. Mm-hmm. That girl's literally probably looking at you being like, I hate that girl because she's better at this than me. Mm-hmm. Like no one's ever. Or prettier than you. Like mm-hmm. we don't see. We don't even see each other right. the same way. Mm-hmm. So someone's like, oh, my nose is so big. And I'm like, oh, my gosh, she's got the most beautiful nose. <laughs> Yeah. And sadly, that's how we're all wired. If you have dark hair, you want light hair. It's if you so want true. curly hair, you want straight it's hair. So if you want true. to be thick and stocky and athletic, then you're going to be real thin. And if you're that, then you want to be real thin. And it's all yeah. these. Thi- it's all. I love the- freckles. I have like two. Uh, <laughs> Emma could share. I know would. she knows how much I love her freckles. Yeah. So I that. Yeah. So anyway, I just I, I think good. that is the thing is that when when we are whatever those insecurities are, mm-hmm. when we are able to find them I think that is where where the meat grows right <laughs> where the find meat grows. It, where the meat grows people. you find it and then you're able to understand it so for mm-hmm. me obviously the last year and a half I've been working on finding it what mm-hmm. what really happened and sitting in mm-hmm. the pain and the suffering that was my childhood and sitting in the pain and suffering that was um, and the sadness, like, like I said in one of my, one of my podcasts about my therapist, like my therapist was the first adult that would say, oh, that's so tragic. Mm-hmm. Like I always wanted to justify it or move on or pick up those bootstraps and just keep mm-hmm. going. Or it's not as bad as a child in Ukraine right now, or it's mm-hmm. not as bad as, right. you know, the little girl that was stuck in a closet chained to, mm-hmm. to a, to a door. Like I always tried to justify it and I never sat in, in the sadness that was and being able to sit in the sadness of was what was, um, and understand that that has formed me to a cellular level that I feel unwanted and unloved. Mm-hmm. It and that affects how I raise my kids. It affects how I live in my marriage. It affects my relationship with God. It affects mm-hmm. my relationship with friends. It re- affects the way I look at who I am. Mm-hmm. My when the vision I look at and then the mirror. Mm-hmm. It, it affects how I look at other people and their children and all of these things. Like I. And that's like the sad part because when we when we get stuck and we get circular in like what the world and what it's that's also human. Everything mm-hmm. you just described is only coming from humans. Mm-hmm. And then there's God, what God says you are, right. 
Right. Well, I and we know when you said your narrative is I'm not enough, Allie B. Stuckey wrote a book that says you're not enough and that's okay because mm-hmm. we're not, but apart from the Lord, but when the Lord comes into the game, when he comes into the picture, he rewrites our narrative. Mm-hmm. He rewrites our story. Right. And because of him, you are enough. Because of mm-hmm. him, he's enough. you are worthy and loved. Right. Right. Because mm-hmm. of him, my worth is not in what I do and accomplish. It's in what right. he did. doesn't matter what I do. And who right. he says and who you he are. says we are. Right. And so. that is the, that's that fourth piece, which is the gospel, right? Like that we... It's the piece. That is yeah. the piece. It's the piece that makes everything else, you can wipe it clean. Mm-hmm. And just being like, I'm going to try again today to live in who God says I am. Right. Now, that's true. But I do still think we should do the work. Oh, no. <laughs> It's so absolutely because I think sometimes in the Christian culture that it's both right. You have to hold both in your hands. But sometimes I think in the in Christendom, I like to use that word of like you know Christian Mm. culture. Mm -hmm. We don't like. We are scared of psychology. We're scared Mm -hmm. of therapy. It's getting better. I will Mm -hmm. say, I definitely see a change, but. Because they do want to say, well, you're saved, so everything's okay sure. now. Mm-hmm. We still have that cellular narrative, oh and my we gosh, are going to yes. be sanctified. It's always the struggle. Mm-hmm. But we, but yeah. we, we can help. For sure. We have to do our work. Mm-hmm. And that is what helps us get sanctified, even. Mm-hmm. That's the best part. What helps well, we us work get- out our salvation with fear and trembling. We, yes. Mm-hmm. We have a part to play. Mm-hmm. And, and so, we're not victims. We are more no, than conquerors. We're more than conquerors. And so learning what our narrative is. So I guess that's what I, I kind so of... So when you write your letter, going back yes, to that. Yes, is that that Is this your decision... Like this is your decision, or you're waiting for one more communication. Oh no, no, I'm this done. is this no, is like this is you're a, declaring. Mm-hmm. This is a declaration. Yeah, this is of, a declaration. And I'm yeah. handing off. And so you and Peter have had vigorous fellowship. Yeah, but he's. I think so. I think I think he hears me. Mm-hmm. I think um, I think it's hard for him to see how much I struggle because he just loves me so big. And he does not, like, Peter Peter struggles with his own stuff. He obviously has his own story and narrative. But taking things, and maybe it's almost part of his story, is like, I take in everything people says, and mm-hmm. his surviving mechanism was to never take anything yeah, like, in. Yeah, let it go in one ear and out the other. Yeah, the and that is yeah. his. Mm-hmm. And so it's really hard for him to see why this bothers me so mm-hmm. much. Not... Because of the words. Like, I'm not saying that he thinks that yeah. what he, what my uncle is saying to me is okay. okay. He doesn't. But he just, he looks at me and he's like, it's like, it's like some home, it's like a, he, a six-year-old throwing a tantrum. Like, yeah. he would never take a tantrum from a six-year-old personally. Right. It's not How like that he, at all. Yeah. But you, yeah. but we have similar trauma. Mm-hmm. He doesn't have that. Mm-hmm. And we, uh, and that's often where our vigorous fellowship bumps. Is yeah, that sure. He mm-hmm. lives a life. Mm-hmm. as this big strapping man mm-hmm. but i think that's the best reason why he's taking oh, the yeah. baton yeah, and, absolutely. and running mm-hmm. with it and, and that's you're I'm... saying i this is my boundary mm-hmm. because yeah. of my past yeah because i will no longer allow myself to be treated this way by this person mm-hmm. right. ever again right and that if that happens you defer instantly to him Mm-hmm. Well, he, he deals with it. He won't be able, like his I'm only saying, way of communication. They, they might, he mm-hmm. might, and he may. But I think the hard part for me is when I remove myself from it, 
Mm-hmm. Like when I see it and I put it on my Peter hat, I know what I'm about to do is going to crush my uncle. Mm-hmm. Because, and I'm not saying mm-hmm. it's okay. I love that she just, she's like, whatever. I, but I'm I know. shrugging because it's, <laughs> it's a systematic problem that mm-hmm. is only going to get worse it's and cyc- they cyclical. are not going right. to stop. Right. And yeah. I agree 100%. Yeah. But I also know he is yeah. damaged. But it's good you sad. see the weightiness of it. Right. Yeah. I see I the weightiness. So you're I not want this is my love shrug for you. I, I, yeah. I, this is my part that I get to play for yeah. you. Yeah. Right. I do get to be like, eh. I know. These are choices that you've made. Right. Mm -hmm. And I. (laughs) And seen. But I like that you see the weightiness. I see the weightiness. And I want when he's in the perils of a drunken stupor or a rant or or loneliness or whatever. And he picks up that what he sees is when he reads, rereads my letter, that it is always over and over and over again. I'm doing this because you're hurting me and that's not who I love. Mm-hmm. And so I'm going to stop this now mm-hmm. so that when I think of you, I think of that ma- that little boy, the mm-hmm. boy, that man that bought the suit. The That is the man that I think about. Mm-hmm. Not this mm-hmm. vicious, vitriol mm-hmm. abuser. Mm-hmm. And so good. And it's very sweet and gracious. Again, I mean, because like, you could just let this be like – what it is and not think about that but because my hope is yeah. you know my hope is he does find rock bottom before he drinks himself to death like mm-hmm. I, my hope is and that when he gets to rock bottom he does get help mm-hmm. and when he does get help he finds jesus mm-hmm. and when he finds jesus he's renewed he's a renewed person mm-hmm. and he is able to feel the grace and love and compassion that I get to feel mm-hmm. because guys would you let him back into it? absolutely mm-hmm. with joy I would throw a party like the prodigal son I would throw a know. party mm-hmm. we would have a pig roast everyone's <laughs> welcome I'd buy him a ring we would just do it up big <laughs> because because I truly yeah, believe so in my heart if if I hadn't started going to dinner at your house Rach my path would look exactly like his mm-hmm Wow. I have often thought that. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I think the same thing about my mother, like when I think about my mother and because systematic abuse is systematic abuse mm-hmm. and it is, it yeah. is a it miracle. Mm-hmm. It is an, I am a miracle mm-hmm. because I am the one, I am the first That's your wo- new story. That's your new line. Right. I'm I a, am a miracle. I'm a miracle <laughs> because I'm the first woman in my family in six generations that didn't have a, a child out of wedlock in her teens i am the first person to get a college four-year college degree i was the first person to stay married to the first per the first First man she married the first man period i'm i only have had one marriage and because (laughs) i was able to do it my Mm -hmm. sister quickly behind my heels was able to do it Mm -hmm. so my sister's even surpassed me she got a master's degree Mm -hmm. but i don't think i think it's because i i Mm -hmm. broke it like Mm -hmm. i broke I, I started breaking curse. it and yeah. then mm-hmm. she comes in behind me and breaks it. Mm-hmm. And so even though, and the only reason I broke it, the only reason I broke it was Jesus. Mm-hmm. The mm-hmm. only reason I broke it was Jesus. And mm-hmm. so all I can do is pray that somebody else and mm-hmm. can, that people in my family can break it too. Mm-hmm. Well then, I mean, I, even just now, like my prayer for your uncle is just that he finds the Lord and that mm-hmm. instead of, escalating or spiraling which are usually things that happen when someone's in a situation like his Mm -hmm. and he's just getting older that he finds the lord and that he has a whole new life Mm -hmm. that he gets to live 
in a totally different way for totally mm-hmm. different reasons with a totally different outcome. Yeah, it would be a miracle. <laughs> and it would be wonderful. Yeah. Oh, and you, yeah. you hear redemption stories like that all the time. Yeah, yeah, I do. And I, mm-hmm. and so that's, but I want my, it, and that, and again, this is a thing that like, I wish I was a theologian. This is the only time I wish I was a theologian. <laughs> Other times I just think whatever. But mm-hmm. this is the one thing, like I wish I could do the research. I wish I had the education to really dive into scripture and psychology and find in what is biblical boundaries, right? Because you know, that is where this, that is where this kind of buffers, right? Because for Peter, his boundaries are very different with my uncle than mine. Mm -hmm. And so I could put a lot of shame and guilt into what is happening, right? Like you're supposed, how many times are you supposed to forgive? 70 times seven, you know, like I can think, Mm -hmm. I can rationalize Peter's point of view. Well, is he a believer? No. And that's the thing. Mm -hmm. But, but still, like, I think that Christians. Right, turn the other cheek and all the things. Blah, Love your blah, enemies, blah, give blah, them yeah, water. Yeah, right, right. yeah, yeah, yeah. But, right. so, like, but so how do you have, yeah. you know, like mm-hmm. for my own soul, I I want You have to, not completely cut him off. I, you didn't cut him off. Right. I mean, You've handed him to Peter, who's part of you. Yes. You're, and Peter can still love him well. Yeah. And, and you've left the door wide open for, you know, if and when this changes, I will welcome you back with open arms and I love you deeply. Yeah. Yeah. So we love our enemies and we turn the other cheek, but we don't we don't um, <laughs> stay and say, you know, right? Please continue abusing. Are you having me. fun? Ab- <laughs> <laughs> right. right, and that's that's the thing. If I was ever to write a book, besides my autobiography, it would be about how to how to live in complicated, how to have good boundaries in complicated relationships. Yes, yeah. you know, you can write two books. You know. I'm writing about seven right now. Yeah, I know, but I <laughs> just need to get. Oh, uh, there's a book out right now. What's the lady's name? She was a pastor's wife. I, I'm going to say the name wrong. He had multiple affairs on her. Repented, came back. Repented, came back. I mean, did it again. And so finally, finally, she's ended it. And it's good boundaries and goodbyes, or boundaries mm-hmm. and something. But basically, is there does come a time when it's like okay. You know, because otherwise it's it's cyclical abuse. Yeah, and then you become an enabler. Right now, you're you giving children, your pearls to swine. Yeah, yes. right. If you have children, you're showing them that they have to put up with this. Yeah, no, no. right. And I we think we don't want that kind of situation for them. No, and mm-hmm. that's the thing, and that is what you know. I think right. If this was your daughter in this situation, what advice would you and give that, to her? Right, and that's mm-hmm. I think I actually said that to Peter. Mm-hmm. Right, and he's like, well, you know, Peter doesn't work well with those because he's too smart he's too much like thomas he's Mm. like well that it's not the same situation Mm. there wouldn't be that you know like he can i was like it's not the same situation that he can handle and you can't right that's Mm. not the same right and that's where he has come to that is where it came to was like and that's very good and very healthy and still gracious and still kind but still good boundaries for you and hope for him and all the things yes so anyway i chat so next time i'll talk about how do we change our narrative but first everyone's got to find it so (laughs) have fun guys